Welcome back everyone to day three of the global supply chain event here. And today is one of my favorite days because we're actually focusing on the supply chains that actually really impact all of our lives. We're talking about infrastructure and especially a lot of areas that are going through their own technology revolutions. That's right, automotive, industrial, heavy industry, oil and gas, all of those are huge for the end consumer, for all of us out there who are uh, contributing or buying or part of the supply chain or supply chain wouldn't exist without these industries in particular. So it's, this should be a really fun talk. And I'm excited because we're actually speaking with a company who's been servicing the automotive industry since the 70s. Today, I want to welcome today Gregory Grimes. He's a partner at West Central Motor Freight. Gregory, welcome to our supply chain event. Excited to have you here. Hi, Grace. Happy to be here and glad to have a conversation with you today. Yeah, this should be really exciting, especially for a lot of the challenges that your company has spent literally decades looking to help solve, and especially an industry that's in the last, what, two years has had to really think twice about how it's um, really building its own infrastructure and its own supply chain with uh, suppliers and vendors as well. And let's just start kind of overall for you. What are some of the challenges of providing logistic services to the automotive industry today? Yeah, that's a great question. The biggest hurdle that we see currently is rebounding from COVID-19. Uh, even though we're almost three years out now from 2020, Helping that industry get back to a well-managed inventory level has been our biggest challenge. We still see some delays in some of the vessel shipments that come overseas. You know, that still wreaks havoc on the supply chain. Uh, some of the pre-COVID-19 transit times, you know, that we got accustomed to seeing were about 30 days. Uh, at the height of COVID, origin to destination shipments could take 120 days. Uh, now we're seeing anywhere from 45 to 60 days, but for some of our clients, that still isn't fast enough. Uh, we have seen a transition from some of those ocean shipments to air freight, and that can significantly increase the cost, as you know. But some of our clients are willing to offset that increase in price uh, due to uh you know, increasing their inventory levels at a faster pace than maybe some of their competitors. So uh, still we're seeing effects of COVID-19 uh, as a challenge that we have to face on a day-to-day -day basis. And, and you service various uh, parts and pieces of the automotive supply chain from brakes to seatbelt restraint systems to even like the sheet metal uh, needed for suspension systems. Does it, do those problems differ based on exactly what piece of that vehicle you're helping move at the end of the day? They do. And the sourcing location that we get those raw materials from is one challenge, but also labor shortages is going to be the second hurdle that we face. You know, if the materials are coming uh, overseas from China, we'll have delays either uh, in transit or maybe at the port or some of the drainage warehouses. Uh, if we do see products that cross the border from Mexico, uh, there's always labor shortages there and border issues that we have to face. So, you know, depending on the specific product you know, that we're trying to move and source for our client, uh, 
the challenge is going to differ based upon what type of material that we're moving. Yeah, and it's you know it's interesting because I've I've done small parts, probably more of like the sheet metal side of the business when it comes to the automotive industry, and uh, it it takes a lot of risk as a logistics provider in order to service it, uh, especially when it comes to how you're paying carriers and and the type of modes, right? You touched on air freight as well uh, in shipping that. Uh, if you, if a company was interested in looking to support the automotive sector's logistics uh, chain, what risks come with that business as well? I think the two risks that any company will have to face is reputation and revenue, the two R's. Uh, when you work in the automotive industry, there's an inherent pressure and stress that comes with moving these shipments. Uh, you know, if your network that you've built uh, isn't capable of supporting the uh, high-pressure freight or maybe team-oriented freight, you may miss those shipments. Uh, if you miss a shipment or have a delay in a delivery, you know, it can cause a line-down scenario. Uh, that costs our clients revenue, uh, and then it damages your reputation. Uh, West Central has really relied on our network that we've built, you know, for over the past 40 plus years. When our drivers or our customers have a problem, they pick up the phone and they give us a call uh, really day or night. You know, there's no after hours app. There's no portal chat that they have to wait. Uh, you know, they pick up the phone and they call me. Uh, their business is important to them. So it's important to us. And, one of the pieces that we feel here at West Central is that human capital, uh, our employees are the most important piece to our business and our customers see that. So the risk that you would take, you know, as you mentioned, uh, would be your reputation. If you can't support the freight or the request from the client, it's not worth the risk. You know, that's. I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that's really the big uh, conversation and a big part of this um, segment with you and I that I want people to leave here with. It's. I write about freight technology. I write about the investment in the space all day, and even I will push back and tell people, you know, uh, it's it, this technology is nothing if the humans behind it don't understand what it's it's there for and its role, but not only its role, but their role and how it's being used as well. Uh, do you think, uh, I guess, as you're adding technology into your business throughout especially decades, I'm sure you've gone through some interesting transitions as well. Uh, how important is it that the humans or your employees are part of that conversation in order to truly service these customers uh, correctly? It's vital. Our people are vital to servicing our clients. This is really why, you know, our shippers and our customers choose West Central Motor Freight. Uh, you mentioned in the past several years, I mean, there's been a flurry of new technologies, new automation techniques, new applications, new mobile applications, and they're all put into the marketplace and they're all sold as the best and the fastest and the quickest. Uh, and while that may be true, uh, the technology is just a complementing side dish, but our people are the main entree. And if the technology can't highlight what you do as a company and what our people do, then 
the technology isn't worth it. Uh, and I think West Central is proof of this. For 47 years, you know, our business model has been to take care of the customer and service them, you know, with our experience and integrity and use the technology to complement that. Yeah. What type of roles do you have, uh, and maybe even hiring today, but roles that are available that are important for that, that piece, right? Uh, how did they, how does the operations or sales play differently into providing that human interaction uh, to help solve problems for your customers? Yeah, we utilize both our people and technology in various ways. Uh, I know one of the advancements that we have relied upon heavily in the past several years is using a visibility option. Uh, we partner with Trucker Tools, and we've had a great relationship with them over the past several years. So both our sales and our operations folks utilize that software to either show the type of visibility that is available or to show what we can do if you choose to move a shipment with West Central. Uh, that type of visibility and open communication allows our clients to trust us. When we let them know a truck is in El Paso, Texas, we can show them that a truck is in El Paso, Texas. And then once we build that trust, if there is an issue or a problem, they know that we're being open and transparent with them. And that's both on the sales side and the operations side. Yeah, what's uh, interesting about that too is that a lot of times, um, I mean, let's be honest here, you've been in the broker world and, and there are some players out there that, maybe have what I like to call ghost capacity. Uh, they're kind of just betting on that capacity being there based on maybe the statistics that some of the technology is telling them, right? But to be able to show have that visibility and showcase and prove that that visibility that is there is really important for mitigating the risk, I think, of the automotive side. You know, it's also interesting too, we talk about like through COVID, um, the automotive industry has always relied on that just-in-time inventory management style, which uh, is, let's just say, let's be honest, collapsed in among itself during COVID in particular, just left them completely confused and distraught. Uh, do you think that uh, the industry will continue to stick to that type of management system, maybe flex it a little bit, adjust completely different? And what does that mean for a company like yourself who focuses on the human capital? Is it is it necessary to have that human involved in order to even strategize that for them? I think just in time will still be the primary inventory model that most automotive manufacturers use. One, because I think it allows the manufacturers the greatest level of productivity. Uh, it reduces, you know, the resources involved really at all levels across the supply chain. You're absolutely right. COVID demolished that uh, inventory management style. However, I think we're getting back to a level very slowly uh, that most of the inventory levels are starting to level out, albeit that there are still delays, as I mentioned earlier, that we're seeing in there. But uh, it has been the tried and true method for so many years. I do think it needs some adjustment. And I think some technology, you know, can help with some of that. Blockchain is very important and continues to become more important to allow us to track some of those pieces and parts throughout the supply chain. So we can see where some of those weaknesses are, maybe, you know, as parts cross the border or across the ocean. 
in regards to that human piece, I don't think that that will ever go away. And in fact, I would argue that we probably need more people to help manage the chain, uh, utilizing the technology, training our people and implementing that technology will only help increase the trust and the service to the automotive industry. I like that you bring that up because I think that's uh, especially, you know, I, I talk to a lot of drivers on a daily basis throughout the radio show. And I always tell them, you know, there's for every job that maybe technology theoretically takes away, it does create actually a few more in its place. And I'm happy that you understand that as well as a leader at, at West Motor. Now, uh, what, where do you see maybe new roles coming into play or, or maybe logistics companies investing deeper into when it comes to uh, the roles that employees humans will be taking uh, that also combines with that technology? Where do you see maybe different um, departments growing and being a bigger piece of the pie compared to that like traditional sales operations, hopefully not cradle or grave situation that uh, some have been, have been uh, focused on in the past? I think an area of growth would be in that software engineer or data engineer field. Uh, you know, as the brokerages move to more technology, more technology based, uh, if the software isn't working or if it's not complementing your main entree, as I mentioned earlier, then it makes your job difficult and it makes servicing the client difficult. So I do think there's opportunities there uh, to have, you know, data engineers or uh, code writers or software engineers to come and you know, be employed within the freight brokerage uh, right alongside a, a sales or an operations individual. Uh, so in terms of growing the companies, I think you'll see, you know, freight brokerages hiring sales and hiring software at the same time uh, to use them together to help grow their business. I, I completely agree. It's like we said, right? It's You might not be hiring these huge sales classes, but you might be hiring what I think is even more important, a, a sales guru, someone who's going to be able to hit that ball out of the park, but is supported by these analysts, analysts or data uh, engineers that help bring it all together. Um, and what's even more fun is the automotive sector is getting deeper and deeper into like the after uh, aftermarket, right? Different technologies within the vehicles that are going to allow us to even service them in different ways. So the automotive sector, I think, is just at its the iceberg tip, right? And there's so much more we're going to get out of it from the logistics industry as well. So thank you so much, Greg, for coming on the show. I think we learned a lot, and I'm, and I'm happy that we got to listen to someone who's, who, again, has had decades in this space as well. Thank you, Grace.